Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. And what we just saw today, minutes ago, was the very definition of tech going and not dying. Mere minutes ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's 9.50 p.m. on Saturday night as we as we record here. And uh, I think the game ended maybe 20 minutes ago, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Lane Burroughs is, as we speak, doing the interview with Dave Nitz. <laughs> the post game, yeah. figure out what all was going on. Uh, he finished up dancing on the field, which is, it, I, I can't say that was a sentence I thought I would ever say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess he needs to learn another move for if they win tomorrow. What's his celebration going to be then? But well, yeah, as you can tell, we're recording uh, yeah. and you're listening to something, you know, hopefully before the game tomorrow, I guess. But uh, that yeah. means. We're in the championship game, and as promised, we're here doing not an emergency pod because that has bad luck attached to it, but uh, Nathan, do you have a name for what we're doing right now? I think Josh called it the predicament pod. The Because pred- <laughs> we're in a predicament where we need to record another episode. <laughs> I don't know if that applies or not, but uh, I'll take it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so the way this will work, we won't talk too much about past games, uh, we, we especially won't talk about the opener against Charlotte or the second yeah, game we'll, against Old Dominion. Old Dominion. Yeah, uh, we'll, maybe, re, we'll recap all that later. Yeah, I, I think there's some stuff we might want to talk about how today went, or yeah. yesterday from when you're probably listening to this, against the the Monarchs of Old Dominion and the way this whole thing worked. But long story short, Tech is in the championship game against UTSA being played uh today sunday afternoon at 1 p.m central 2 p.m eastern on cbs sports network uh, i feel weird about this because this is the matchup i predicted a week ago when we did our predictions i thought that utsa would beat southern miss and then we'd end up playing them for the championship so well, uh hopefully I, i'm not too right because i think yeah. i also picked the roadrunners to win hopefully you burned out all your uh your correctness on that first part but yeah, I mean, UTSA, I guess we'll we'll do a quick off-the-cuff preview of them in a little bit. But yeah, man, let's talk about Saturday. I mean, not quite as magical as last year's Saturday in the conference tournament. But uh, I mean, there were some late-game heroics, <laughs> right? I mean, um, but yeah, you came into Saturday, you know, in the winner's bracket, needing just one win over Old Dominion. Um, and honestly, Tech didn't play very well, you know, didn't look like themselves in the field, particularly today. Uh, I think they had three errors in both games, including three errors early on in the first game Saturday that put us in a five or six to six to one hole early. Um, But, you know, just kept fighting back. Right. And, and ended up forcing extra innings in that first game Um, had some opportunities that we definitely, I think would like back with the bases loaded in the middle of that game that, uh, that didn't result in, you know, the amount of runs that we'd like to see, but you know, ultimately ended up falling seven to six or nine to six, excuse me, in extra innings. And I uh, feel like that's almost poetic that we went to extra innings with Old Dominion again in the conference tournament. The mm. way that we fell to them in extra innings a year ago uh, to lose the championship game. Here we also fell to them in extra innings, but because we were on the winner's bracket side, we had an extra game to play against them. And another game that almost went to extra innings in the the later game on Saturday. I mean, the the morning game took so long because it was 13 innings long. Uh, So 
started but, at 9 a.m. didn't end till like two. Yeah. <laughs> felt like a, it felt like it started at a normal time i mean yeah and by the end of it i was like all right well i guess i was going to do things between this game and i had a couple other commitments today but i i didn't have time to do those things anymore my my grass is very long in my front yard now because i didn't have time to mow it in a way that i was expecting to be able to have time to do today but i will take the long grass if it means that we <laughs> move to the championship game because sunday uh, or because the second Saturday game, like you said, also involved three errors from the Bulldogs. Uh, and that was really going to be the story from today would be yeah. Tech fell apart early in the first game. And then the second game where th- they needed a win here, you can't push this off any further. And still there were issues that happened uh, when Cal Krieger gave up the home run that gave Old Dominion the lead. It was a go ahead home run because of a bad throw from Taylor Young from Taylor on a ground Young, ball. Of all people. Like, Taylor Young doesn't... It was a routine-ass ground ball, and he just threw it too high, and Matulia had to jump to catch it, so he wasn't on the base. I mean, just just insane that, like, at, at that point... Like, that is... Uh, maybe that's the last sentence I expected to say, right? Taylor <laughs> Young Taylor Young has a critical error at a, you know, at a do-or-die point in a ball game, right? Like, that's even less likely to me than Lane Burroughs fucking busting out the gritty on the field after the game. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I'm just I'm just saying new sentences all over the place here, right? Yeah, and last year was a thing where his only error of the season came in the conference tournament. Yeah. Um, or at least in postseason play, it may have been in the regional games. But he is a plus defender, same with... Uh, Wade Elliott, that's why he's out there is to be a, a defensive guy. Uh, what Taylor Young's able to do defensively is amazing, and he messed up, which is fine. I, everyone has those days. Everyone yeah. makes mistakes, whatever Britney Spears said. But in a crucial moment that ended up costing us the world in the moment, because it goes from, oh, it's a tie game to we have to score a run or possibly our season is over. Yeah. Because all of a sudden we went from going into the tournament, okay, if we win two games, we're in the regionals. Yeah, to... it really looked like that was true, right? But then, you know, you never know with, with bids getting stolen and stuff. And I'm kind and of UTSA walking. showing up in a way that we kind of thought might happen. But to actually see them beat yeah. Southern Miss twice, their RPI is the second highest in conference right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah they them dispatching Southern Miss like that, I mean really bumped them up. Yeah, they're number 35 right now. Um we went up 9 spots today to number 37. So yeah, I think I think we're good no matter what happens here. Old Dominion also up to 42. I I think and you know, they were talking all broadcast long about how the conference is going to lobby hard and the coaches are all going to lobby hard. I even heard Lane Burrows, excuse me, say after um after his or after the game just now, you know, say you know, these guys need to be in a regional, like obviously. Absolutely. They're, they're really good. Um, but you saw, you know, D1 baseball in between games tweeting out like, oh, like Louisiana Tech's in the in the last four in now. And like they have another game coming up with Old Dominion. So whoever wins that one, it might be a play in game. And it's like, man, like, really? Like, are y'all are y'all watching this conference? And, and like the conference tournament played out exactly how you'd want it to play out for, you know, for the conference. Right. Just to not have any of these teams go two and uh, two and done is huge for the conference. Cause I mean, I don't see an argument to keep any of these four teams out, but yeah, I, um, I think that's the thing is if we assume there's a four team, a four bid league, then we're fine. 
It's yeah. it will be Southern Miss, UTSA, Old Dominion, and Tech. The issue is that you're not sure. D1 baseball isn't sure because D1 baseball makes these predictions, but they're not actually in charge of any committee or anything. Right. And so if Kusa is a three-bid league instead of a four-bid league, you really don't want to be that number four spot. And I think that's where Old Dominion is at this point. Southern Miss is getting in no matter what. I, they may have played themselves out of hosting a regional, which is kind of funny uh, just because it's Southern Miss. Um, <laughs> but UTSA will make it in. Tech will make it in. Yeah, Southern Miss will still make it in. But will yeah. Old Dominion, they're a bubble team now in a way that they should be in. But I can also see someone saying, well, Conference USA isn't a Power 5 conference, so do we really want to keep some <laughs> football equivalent 6-6 yeah, six and six SEC school out? Right, right. Or or basketball tournament, you know, equivalent. Do we really want to keep out like 15 and 15 Indiana because, you know, Louisiana Tech is 29 and four, but didn't win their conference tournament? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, back on Southern Miss for a second. I mean, they like to give us so much shit for celebrating how we beat them twice on Saturday uh, last year and then didn't win the conference tournament. Uh, how about... With, you know, being a top eight seed on the line, you get dispatched twice in a row. You didn't even you didn't even beat UTSA once to force the second game. I mean, like and and they're they're probably still going to get to host. I think they deserve to host. Um, but if you look at it's their RPI, close now, though, they it's, dropped down to 19 in RPI. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not an easy call anymore. If they had won the tournament, it's an easy. Yeah, they're hosting. And so, I mean, it remains to be seen what what happens. But it's just hilarious Southern to Miss, me but, yeah. because. They give us so much shit, even though like what we were playing for on that Saturday last year, yes, was a spot in the title game, of course. However, it was pretty much either we were going to host a regional or Hattiesburg was going to host a regional. And we had to beat them twice to pull off the Rustin regional, the first ever Rustin regional. And uh, so that's that's why we celebrate that so much, because there was a lot riding on that game, including the spot in the title game, which we ultimately didn't win. but. You know, anyway, we, we don't we've we've talked about that. Uh, yeah, let's let's finish talking about this uh, second Old Dominion game that we just finished up watching. Yeah, because it's it's hard to talk about in a podcast format because unless things have changed in the past 20 seconds, uh, they oh, OK, box scores up. Never mind. The yeah, past 20 seconds go. were yeah. very, very yeah, good, good to good to me. Shout uh, out to the past 20 seconds. Yeah, because the way this worked was. Going into the eighth inning, just skipping all the way ahead to that, it's a tie game going to the bottom of the eighth. And Nick Pantos comes out to pitch after Logan McLeod gets hit by a pitch uh, and Myers walked. So now we have runners at second and third, actually bases loaded after that hit by pitch. And so we they bring out Nick Pantos. To me, in a way that I feel like I'm looking for poetic things, Nick Pantos is from the town of Maryland I currently live in. So I was really, for some reason, really hoping he'd be the one to blow this game open. And that's not exactly what happens. But Wade Elliott, the nine hole hitter, who seems to be a person we can actually count on to, to make some noise when we need him to uh, sacrifice flies to left field, scoring a Darius Myers from third base. And Tech has a six to five lead going into the ninth inning, just needing three yeah. outs from Kyle Krigger, who's Man, pitched I, a lot. I, I really I really thought that you know, uh, Taylor Young comes up and singles to right field. And I really thought that coach was going to send him home, um, send the guy, uh, send Thaxton Birch from second to, to home, but he didn't, he held up, you know? And so that would really, 
that would really come into play because then we've got the bases loaded uh, for Matulia and he grounds into a double play, which was just brutal because another another sack fly would have been perfect or any ball in play probably scores two runs. Right. So, I mean, yeah, really, really needed some insurance there, as we'll see, because you mentioned, you know, Krigger comes in and uh, and what happens there in the top of the ninth. Yeah. Taylor Young, like we mentioned, gets a more or less routine ground ball and ends up throwing it above the first baseman's head to allow uh, Petrassi on board. And then Gagliardi, a couple pitches later, hits a home run to right center field, giving Old Dominion a seven to six lead. Just an absolute no doubter. I mean, yeah. right when it left his bat, I literally screamed fuck and threw my hat. I mean, it I, was, I it listened was, everything but the bottom of the ninth I listened to on the radio and then the bottom of the ninth I watched on TV. So I, what I was hearing was Dave Nitz and uh, his son, Jay Nitz, uh, call this. And, and Dave Nitz is like, oh, it's back there. And Jay Nitz is just like, it's gone. Like the defeat yeah. in his voice was so yeah. pungent of just he knew immediately this was a a no doubt or home run to give old dominion the lead. Yeah. And I mean, and, and again, it's a seven to six lead a, because of a throwing error that is just like, it's still mind boggling to me. Right. I mean, Taylor young is one of the best players tech has ever had probably will ever have. And just, I, I just can't believe that that happened. Right. It <laughs> on that play. Um, and then, you know, luckily, um, Krigger ends up inducing two more ground outs, uh, or two ground outs, right after that you know he, he made pretty quick work of the next three guys and and you know retires them in order um so that the damage didn't get any worse like it did in the bottom or the top of the 13th in game one right where it was just kind of like man can we just get out of this inning please yeah that brings tech up in the bottom of the ninth and you're he got netterville to start off and you're kind of like oh man steel just like just tie this game right here on one one hit you know one swing but yeah. he doesn't swing the bat at all yeah, Tech is playing for the win here. We saw yeah. what happened in extra innings earlier yeah. today. We don't need to play for extras. We need to play for the win. And we see that aggressiveness pay off later in this inning, too. But Netterville's just, I need to get on base. Whether it's through a hit, through a walk, whatever, I need to get on base. And he does. He gets walked in five pitches. Uh, Cole McConnell yeah. comes up to the plate and hits uh, a little a blooper to, to right field, advancing still Netterville to second. And now we have two men on. The winning runs at first base. George Corona comes up and Corona can hit some home runs. He can. It seems like this is the place for the redemption from George Corona, which may be a little too much pressure on the guy, but we've talked how many times about full count bases loaded George Corona at plate strikeout and he doesn't strike out. He gets hit by a pitch. So yeah. it, a kind of a moot point there, but bases are now loaded for Darius Myers Ooh. who was on Darius. fire. Yeah. We'll to talk start about this that, tournament. But- yeah, he he has absolutely played himself, I think, anyway, into a spot on the all-conference all uh, tournament team. But My thought uh, is his speed, along with the fact he'll be back next year and Taylor Young won't be, I kind of like him in a leadoff spot next year. Oh, yeah, He's got the speed and the bat. That's a good point, yeah. Um, that's skipping ahead quite a bit. But yeah. in this particular at-bat, a one-at-bat sample size, takes two strikes and then swings wildly at a pitch-up. Oh. Yeah, uh, maybe trying to play hero ball a little bit too much. He, he is a good pitcher and he just completely folded Darius Myers. And all of a sudden bases are loaded with one out. A double play ends the game. Yeah, I kind of thought that's what was going to happen. I, that's, I mean, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. And uh, I, I mean, you bring in. So Thaxton Birch was next up to the plate, but 
you bring in a pinch hitter in Walker Birchfield, who, you know, let's let's pull up season stats here real quick. I'm going to uh, game Walk- by game. He's batting 198. He's below yeah. the Mendoza line. Yeah. Uh, Walker Birchfield, 198, you know, 730 OPS though. So when he hits, it's, it's for, but it's for extra bases. But. Here's the thing though. He got, he was one for one in the earlier game today, the, the opener game against Old Dominion, but his last hit before that was the 6th of May against Florida Atlantic. Yeah. I mean, over five going into today since the 6th of May. Thaxton Birch batting 270, but in uh, but in a, a lot fewer at bats. I mean, 101 at bats for Birchfield to 37. I mean, look, I'm not questioning what happened because what happened? Tell it, me what happened. <laughs> what happened was some Pete Taylor Park magic, if I do say so myself. Yeah. A single to left center. Bases are loaded, so the runner from third easily scores. Cole McConnell. Yeah. So so okay. So let me let me tell you or what st- I did as soon as that ball made it over the shortstop's head. Right. Yeah. I immediately started celebrating like a madman. Okay. A tight like, game. Like fuck no. I I was like that's that's it. That's ball game. We just Ooh. won. And then I turned and looked <laughs> like I ran into the hallway like screaming. You know. And, uh, and, and then I looked back at the TV in time to see that, oh my God, like McConnell is literally about to get thrown out at the plate by a mile. Um, yeah. so let's talk about that. Coach decide, you know, in, in the, not in the eighth inning, he decided not to send the runner, right. Not to, to push it for an extra, uh, for an extra run. But then bottom of the ninth here with the tying run already across and, you know, we have one out and it, so it would have kept the bases loaded, right? Uh, to not push it, he pushes it. And honestly, and it works. Pete like Taylor Park magic. Pete the Taylor most Park amazing magic, right? thing is if I am him, I say, don't go. Cole McConnell is not fast. He's not slow. He could probably beat me in a, in a 90 foot race, but <laughs> yeah, I think he so. is not, he is not the guy. He's not a Darius <laughs> He's Myers. Not He's not slow. Taylor Young. He's not who you want to try to score from second on a bloop single to left field. Uh, but he a gets sent throw, around. Great throw by the uh, by the left fielder too. I, I, I think it was the left fielder. Yeah, I, I think it was f- a fine throw. It kind of sent the catcher up the third baseline a little bit more than he was comfortable with. Uh, the catcher was mostly defending the plate and then had to adjust to a ball that wasn't perfect, but also from where it was, it was close enough. But the catcher just kind of finagled the 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 uh the catch of it it wasn't yeah. a very good catcher in that moment and he ended up the ball went by him and Cole McConnell crossed the plate the winning run for Tech the Bulldogs win and move to the championship game with an eight to seven win over Old Dominion <laughs> just I I I got home in the ninth inning I can't I went inside put it on TV for the bottom of the ninth inning. I, I never sat down. I paced the entire yeah. time, yeah, yeah. Of course. jumping back and forth. Now, I, I when we sat down to record this was the first time my butt's had a seat since I got out of my car. <laughs> just, yeah. just insanity. This is the kind of thing we saw last year. This is the kind of thing we saw from the women's basketball team this year. It's just, it makes you feel alive, <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> that may be overstating things a little bit, but it's just the excitement that goes into these kinds of moments. There are times being a tech fan where you go like, well, why am I, why do I care about this, this school that has the second least amount of money in college athletics and always seems to lose in these big moments. But this right here is, is one of the reasons why this is an addiction that's impossible to give up. 
Yeah, I mean, just a huge, huge hit for Walker Birchfield, right? I mean, exactly what we needed. Coach sending, you know, being aggressive on the base path. He even said after the game, like, you know, I knew it was going to be close at the plate. And part of the reason uh, I looked up Cole McConnell's stats, he's six for 10 in stolen bases. So, yeah, that's that suggests that he's not the fastest guy, right? He he doesn't yeah. try to steal that often. And he's been thrown out 40 percent <laughs> of the time he's tried. Um, but, you know, part of the reason why he's a little bit farther behind getting to the plate is because it's a line drive. And if, you know, if the guy catches that, you don't you don't want that to be the game ending double play. Right. So yeah. he kind of he kind of lurks by the base for an extra split second just to make sure that it gets over the guy's head, uh, because this isn't what happened on the walk off last year with Southern Miss in game two where there's two outs full count and Adarius Myers was literally touching third base by the time, by the <laughs> time, uh, Matulia's bat made contact with the, you know, like it's, it's like, that was like, okay, yeah, if it's a base hit, we're definitely scoring two runs here. Uh, this, in this case, I love the send, uh, coach Burroughs said that, you know, it's been a long day. Their catcher's a great player, but you know, it's been a long day, right? It's, We've, it's been a long day and it's also the 22nd inning of baseball we've played today and go so, for the win yeah like go for the win also you got another out to play with right you get another at bat if you know if you get thrown out at the plate like you probably should have on that play i mean i i think that's a play that um uh galliardi is their catcher right i i think that's a play that uh that he absolutely wants back and makes probably eight and a half times out of 10. But luckily for us, this was one of the one and a half times he doesn't make it. Even more so now thinking about it, that was absolutely the right move to send. Even if you think it's a 50-50 shot at that plate, worst case, you've tied it. Best case, you've taken the lead. And in that worst case scenario, you still have another out before you have to go to extras. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love the send, right? Like it's yeah. um, also Kane McGuire just tweeted, Second straight year, the Bulldogs have gotten a two RBI single in the bottom of the ninth to advance to the conference championship game. <laughs> Which Man. is like, goddamn, dude. Like, I'm already, you know, I'm already having years taken off my life just by being a tech fan. But then, like, you know, to do it in this fashion is like, oh, man. <laughs> Real quick. I don't think people that listen to this, especially these episodes during baseball season, have this opinion. But the people who say that baseball is boring. Yeah. That's no. a bold faced lie. Uh, especially not college baseball like especially not meaningful baseball you go look, to the playoffs you go to the postseason tournaments look, and I, any at any level when the games matter mm-hmm. they are heartbreaking yeah no I, I think i think you know college baseball the the fact that like you know you've got guys on your team who are pretty much like professional level players or at least like minor league you know level guys and then you've got guys who you know that they're college baseball players, which is great, but they're not going to play much further than that. There's more dramatics. There's more. I, I don't know. Nothing against MLB. I guess I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to talk shit on the MLB, but I just find college baseball to be just like so dramatic that it's like, how could you ever think this is boring? Right. I, I yeah. have no idea. But, I, I, and that my quick twenty second defense of the MLB is go to a playoff baseball oh yeah i game. would love to yeah and, and tell the rangers and, to get their shit together and i'll, <laughs> I'll go to or tell the astros game. to stop being stupid these kinds of of meaningful baseball games is just so much fun to see and because tech took this game in the bottom of the ninth inning man it's 
(laughs) They get to go and play against UTSA tomorrow, today, whenever, Sunday afternoon. Let's go ahead and preview this a little bit. UTSA is here because they entered the tournament as the five seed matched up against the four seed FAU. They defeated the Owls six runs to four on Thursday, moving to the Friday matchup against Southern Miss. Uh, Squeaked out that first game against Southern Miss, a seven to six victory that came to the final inning. Uh, Southern Miss went into the losers bracket. I believe they beat FAU is how that worked. And then uh, because of that, we had the same thing that we saw earlier today where the lossless UTSA team played the one loss Southern Miss team the same way that Tech played Old Dominion. But instead of the team that had one loss forcing a second game, UTSA just destroyed the Golden Eagles 11 to 2 in their ballpark to eliminate them from the Conference USA tournament. Turns out it's not as easy to win yeah. the conference tournament in your own ballpark as they would have you make believe. Yeah, the Pete Taylor Park magic was being saved for later uh, for, for the Bulldogs. It so. was never specific which yeah. team benefits from the Pete Taylor Park magic. It's just that there's magic in this ballpark and yeah. whoever yeah. can harness it. For those who don't know, we're making fun of the Southern Miss announcer. If you've ever watched uh, like Southern Miss on CUSA TV when they're the home team. The guy just incessantly talks about Pete Taylor Park magic. Even if it's like the fourth inning, he's in there and Southern Miss is down like two to one. He's like, well, we're going to need some Pete Taylor Park magic to get out of this one. And it's like, bro, c- fucking calm down, dude. It's not yeah. that serious, you know, but I was like, Tech uh, has the rally train thing. You can sometimes call on for like that, that cliche moment. But at least then there's like an actual train coming, right? And like it's not rally just- train isn't as much of a great to the ears as Pete taylor park magic it's there's so many consonants in this little phrase Uh, it's just it's you know uh, look i'll take it since we were the beneficiary of it tonight yeah i guess i shouldn't doubt pete taylor park magic when it's benefited us so far yeah so anyway uh yeah utsa i mean hats off to them for their tournament so far um they they have put up 24 runs only given up 12 and if you look at their their hit totals for the three games they've played so far, uh, 13, 12 and 15. So those are uh, those are big old numbers. And uh, they're batting 342 in the tournament so far. A lot of that is because that's just how they play. They're they're a hitting team. They're not super great on the mound, you know, which is fortunate for us. But unfortunately, we've played we've played four games. Is that right? Four games. And they've only yes. played three. They've played three tomorrow, but yep. you know they've kind of been led all season by just. I mean, God, look at their lineup. They they have eight guys batting over three hundred or three hundred or over. One of them is at three hundred exactly, but um, nobody with an OPS of over one. So they just get on base. They're not like they're not like extra base hitters. They're not home run hitters really. They have a couple guys in double figures, but I mean, just consistently get on base, and that's enough you know, to, to win, especially late in the season when other teams are forced to, you know, use pitchers that aren't their aces. Right. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious how their pitching goes for this matchup. If you look at in terms of ERA from their starting pitcher, Luke Malone has been their best starter all year an ERA of 2.73. That first game against Florida Atlantic, the guy who started it, Braylon Owens, pitched zero innings gave up two runs two earned runs two walks only two batters faced so i guess yeah he walked two guys got pulled luke malone ended up giving up those runs maybe i need to actually look at this box score to figure out what's happening here 
But yeah, that must be that must be it. Walk, walk. Okay, yeah, uh, a full count walk, a four pitch walk, and then the pitcher was pulled for uh, this Malone guy who went on to pitch all nine innings, only giving up two more runs over the course of that game. But he threw 107 pitches. I mean, I would expect to see him today, tomorrow, whatever we want to call it, because it's been a few days and it's kind of all hands on deck. If he's your best guy, especially yeah. on a, a team that's not as deep pitching wise as UTSA, uh, their second best guy is Daniel Garza, who has an ERA of 4.01 across the season. Uh, he also did not start the game. He pitched a lot of in this yeah, tournament. It's, it's a weird. It looks like their strategy has been to essentially not start their starter if that makes sense like they they you know they walk they walk out that uh braylon owens fella who let's see where's he at on their list here i mean he pitched he pitched 28 innings this year he started two games and appeared in 15 before that or i I guess he started one game because this would show up on the stats now um whereas luke malone started 11 so it's pretty clear to me that they put somebody else out there first just to see if they could get anything and save their actual good starter for later. I mean, that's that's an interesting way to approach it. I guess it's worked for them, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it's worked for them in a way where their opener, uh, which is a lot of times what you call this, is if you're going for a bullpen game and you don't have a starter available just due to scheduling, this happens sometimes in Major League Baseball, You'll throw out one of your relievers as what's called an opener. They pitch a couple innings and you're intentionally kind of scheduling them. Okay, they're usually only 30, throwing 30 pitches a night. So once they hit 30, they get taken out and get and you just do yeah. a full game of bullpen guys. The interesting thing here for UTSA, that game number one against Florida Atlantic and the ceiling win today against Southern Miss, their opener got pulled after either two batters in the case of the first game or an inning. Uh based on the game that happened earlier, they put in a guy who's usually a starter and that guy just stayed there for the rest of the game. Luke Malone pitched nine innings on, on Thursday. And then today, super interesting today, Ryan Ward pitches one inning, gets two strikeouts. He did hit a guy with the pitch, but didn't give up a hit or a run or anything like that. So it's, it's super interesting. Like you're saying, they must have, I mean, that guy started seven games too. So You'd have to think he'll be available too um, tomorrow for them. Yeah, he's only pitched that one inning, and he started seven games. He's got a 4.82 ERA. So, I mean, they're going to have some arms available uh, for sure tomorrow. But I I think you're right about Malone too, and I think it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, two or three innings from from really anybody on their staff um, except maybe uh, Garza, who went eight innings uh, Saturday. And threw 113 pitches, which is a big, a big number to try to do anything else the next day. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, while we're talking about pitching, I mean, what do you think Tech does to, in the game tomorrow? I, I think that Cade Gibson pitches a few innings. I think Ryan Jennings pitches a couple innings. Yeah, I'm very curious if Kyle Krieger gets called on if it's a close game, and I can't imagine he isn't. I can't imagine the the trust that Lane Burroughs has in Krieger and that Krieger's ability to just show up and pitch no matter the circumstance keeps that from happening but if it's a one or two run game in the eighth inning do we put a tired Krigger out there or do we go with a Ryan Harland who has pitched but hasn't I I think I think I think there's absolutely no way Krigger's not going in unless his arm falls off tonight right I think you're right I think there's no way we don't do it I'm just curious if that's the right call or not so far Kyle Krigger has thrown 109 pitches since Thursday 
Ooh. Or Wednesday or whenever the tournament yeah, started. It's been a yeah, long Yeah, Wednesday, but still, I mean, that's and and today, uh, Saturday alone was thirty-six plus sixty-five pitches today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that means he can get you two innings, you know. Now, if it's a situation where you put him in in the eighth and it goes to extras, you probably have to have a shorter leash than you did today. And like back in the LSU game where we saw him pitch uh, pretty, you know, pretty late into the game. So that that's kind of the pitching situation. I agree. I think Gibson, I think it's I think it's going to be two innings for guys, right? Gibson, Jennings, Harland. If anybody, you know, if anybody strikes out five guys in their two innings, maybe leave them out for an extra inning. But my thought is is three innings for guys. Right, or, uh, you start Gibson, go three innings. Ryan Jennings, three innings. That gets you through six. You only need three more. Uh, you have Ryan Harlan for an inning and a half, yeah. maybe, and then Krieger for the last inning and a half, I think is what I would draw that's up. Ideal. That's ideal. Yeah. If I'm Wayne Burroughs, that's what I'm writing down on my napkin right now at the hotel at the hotel bar. You know, yeah. like um, I don't know if Wayne Burroughs drinks or not, but, you know. You uh, could still go to the bar and, and get a, a mocktail. True. Uh, one other guy I want to talk about real quick, and we may not see him because he pitched so much. I believe this is earlier today. Yes. Uh, that first game against uh, Old Dominion on Saturday, Tanner Knight pitching three yeah. innings out of the bullpen. Man. Shut down, giving up two walks, but that's it. Yeah, those those middle relievers for Tech today, I mean, they they did enough to win us that game when, honestly, I didn't know they had that in them, right? Tanner Knight coming in, uh, spelling Harland after Harland didn't have a very good outing. Uh, and then Tompkins coming in too, putting yeah. up zeros, right? I mean, that's that's huge. And you really, you can't say enough. I mean, just couldn't get the bat on the ball enough to, to get it done there. Um, yeah. And so those are the kind of guys that will need to try to stifle the UTSA bats in this championship game. Fortunately for Tech, UTSA doesn't have any batters than OPS of above one. Uh, their best hitter OPS wise is Ryan Flores, who has an OPS of 0.973. So still high. And they have a bunch of 0.9s. Ian Bailey, 0.972. Chase Kang, 0.936. Shane Serdashny, 0.925. And Jonathan Tapia, 0.900. That's five people that all have OPSs of above 0.9. Uh, Tech only has three guys, Netterville McConnell and Taylor Young, with numbers that that high up. I think the main thing for me is when we've looked at playing Old Dominion now for three games, basically, it always felt like they were one swing of the bat away from anything because they're a home run hitting team. Right. And UTSA is not really that. Ian Bailey may be their only real home run threat. Uh, but I mean, these games against Southern, or mostly against Southern Miss, but they scored 11 runs in that, in that Saturday game to eliminate the Golden Eagles. And they hit one home run. Yeah. And they'll yeah, hit doubles or triples and stuff like that. Uh, but they are not a team that lives or dies by the long ball. They'll play those small ball antics, get on base, hit doubles, go for the extra base hit, don't swing for the fences. And it's worked out for them. But I feel much better about playing a team like that than worrying about Matt Kootenay coming up to, bait, up to the plate with uh, anyone on. Well, and I mean, the fucking murderer's row that ODU has, it's like, oh, Jesus, yeah. like you can't walk this guy because he'll just hit a two run homer if you walk this guy. Right. Like, oh, man. But yeah, I mean, ODU, I'm, I'm trying to kind of do some mental math here on their stats so far in the tournament batting. It looks like Leighton Barry's having a very good tournament so far. Uh, he had three hits and then two hits. 
um, and then another two hits. So all three games, he's had multiple hits. Ryan Flores went three for four in the game earlier today. Garrett Poston, the uh, the aforementioned home run hitter, he's our DH, went three for five earlier today. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, these guys these guys put the bat on the ball, right? Like that's what they do. Um, not necessarily with power, but you know, Jonathan Tapia, the third baseman, he's pretty good at getting on base as well. Uh, two for five, two for five, and one for five. Um, so. You know, multiple guys here on this team have gotten hits in all three games so far. So uh, they're going to be looking at our tired, um, at our tired pitchers, and uh, you know, licking their chops a little bit, trying to get on base. So yeah, I mean, I, I think this UTSA team was built to get this far. Uh, you know, hitting teams, I, I feel like normally do better in tournaments than pitching teams do. And Tech is a very balanced team. UTSA, not such a balanced team, but their batting is is just very, very good. So it'll be an interesting matchup, I think. You know, and I, I'm talking about the batting a lot here, but I think it's going to come down to, you know, can Tech, can Tech hit on whoever they put out there? You know, they don't have a guy whose ERA is lower than 2.73. That's Luke Malone, who you mentioned earlier, pitched 107 pitches or whatever on on Thursday. Uh, so I don't think he's going to go the whole game. We'll probably see him. It's a championship, right? I don't know. Like it can tech, can tech find runs against this UTSA team and maybe force them into using bullpen guys that they, they would prefer not to use. Yeah. I guess my closing point on how I feel about UTSA is looking throughout their, just the way their games have gone this year. There have been a lot of games where they've blown out the opponent and there have been games that are question marks where they've been blown out. Uh, the three games they played against Tech earlier in the year, Tech won two of those games by one run and then got blown out in that Sunday game. But there's been a lot of games where they'll win a game 13 to four at Old Dominion. But two nights prior against that same Old Dominion team, they lost zero to 11. Uh, that kind of thing where I really feel like this game will be a blowout. I'm just not sure in which direction. And that's what kind of makes UTSA a scary team is because you never know what nights they'll have it. And when they have it, they have it. Right. But it's, yeah. I could see them just being, it doesn't matter who's out there. You could have a, a Kyle Krager clone that hasn't pitched all series and he could still struggle against UTSA bats when they're hot, but they're not always hot. And they have been so far this week, but does that carry over to this last game is really the, the question, the million dollar question. Yeah. And I mean, I heard earlier on the broadcast they've beaten something like 11 ranked teams this year, um, which is pretty crazy and impressive. And I mean, if you don't think they deserve an at-large bid, if they don't win tomorrow, uh, I think you're crazy. But I mean, we're not ranked, so <laughs> that's that's good for us, I guess. They 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 see a number by <laughs> somebody's name and they play really hard. But um, one last thing I want to say here about UTSA I'm looking at their their season stats game by game, and I'm I've got it sorted by the worst batting performances that they've had. Uh, the three worst, all sub 140 average, so you know almost almost one in ten hits at the plate have all come in the month of May, including a, a loss to UT Rio Grande Valley, which maybe I don't know, maybe they started you know not their core guys but uh they lost 12 to 1 at home and then a loss to southern miss on the 14th and a loss to middle tennessee on the first 
So, I mean, it's not that they can't be held down, right? Like they, they have games where they're not good at the plate. They've, they've had about 10 games below 200 batting um, this season, including a game. Well, no, they batted 219 against tech on March 19th in that five to four win for tech. So I don't know. It's uh it's possible that they won't have a good hitting day, but just judging by the way they've they've put up double digit hits throughout the tournament, I I guess I'm gonna just jump into my prediction here if we're doing yeah. that. I think Tech's gonna have to hit the baseball, obviously, right? It's it's not gonna be a one to nothing or a two to one game. game. So yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's not gonna be a a small ball type of thing. Like maybe maybe late in the game it will be, but uh which shout out to fucking Thaxton Birch Birch's bunt in the in the bottom of the eighth of uh, game two. What a fucking bunt gets yeah. on for a base hit. Uh just running it out. Um but anyway, yeah, I mean UTSA is red hot, but I think even though we've had to deplete our pitching by one extra game, I think we're gonna get enough from Gibson. We're gonna get enough from Krigger, from Jennings. Uh, these guys who are better than anybody who's on UTSA's pitching staff. Um, I think we get enough from them to win the game. I'm going to say it's a high scoring affair, but uh, not as stressful. I'll say we win like seven to five. It's interesting. You pick seven there. I think that that's basically my prediction is if tech scores seven runs or more, they win the game. If they don't, they lose it. Yeah. I, I think that's safe. Like looking at these past few games from UTSA, yeah, they have a 12 to 2 win over UAB or an 11 to 2 over Southern Miss in this past game, but they've scored seven runs, six runs, seven runs, seven runs, and then five runs uh, dating back, going further back in the regular season, some threes and fours, but they, they don't have a game of scoring less than three runs unless you go all the way back to that Rio Grande Valley game in early March where they lost 12 to 1. Uh, they are able to put up runs on the board. And seven usually wins you the game. And so that's what I think that the mark is, is do I think that Tech can score seven runs in a game? Like that that's the question of, are, do I think they can win this game? And so that Charlotte game to open the, the whole tournament, they scored four in the first inning and then nothing after that. Rain delay was a little funky, can kind of write that one off for that reason. But Old Dominion, the first game, scored seven. The second game scored six, which is close, and then scored eight today uh in that later game to move on to the final tech can score seven runs they've shown they can against old dominion which actually typically has better pitching than what we'll see from utsa on average and who knows who's having a good night or who's having a bad night for old dominion or things like that but that's really my thing i think that tech scores eight runs and win this and wins this game like eight to six or something like that Ooh, yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't think it you said earlier it might be a blowout either yeah. way. I, I don't see God. I, <laughs> I hope I hope not. At least for you know for the way that's obvious, right? If we want to go out there and win fifteen to nothing, I will absolutely take that. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I'll take anything know. that ends with a W by our name. Yeah. For for sure. Absolutely. Um. I think it's time, man. I think. Uh, I think we're due. God, please, please. And that's the thing is that this championship game is a best of one, which in baseball is a horrible sample size to base any kind of decision off of, of who's the better team. And luckily for tech, they can lose and still almost definitely get into the postseason NCAA regional level. And so I, there's not as, as much writing on this, but tournaments seem to be our kryptonite, whether they're one game football tournaments, if you want to call them that championship games 
or basketball tournaments or baseball tournaments. Uh, it just seems like there's somewhere along the line we stumble. And what better way in the final tournament of the final iterate, uh, the final tournament of this iteration of Kusa for Tech to win the whole thing? Yeah. Also, I mean, so sad that the Sun Belt teams just can't hang. I mean, they're leaving because they just can't hang with us, man. You know, yeah. USA baseball is just too much for USM. I guess they gotta they gotta go and down to you. The they Belt. both got they both left yeah. today. They're leaving the conference early. They left the conference tournament a day early too. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Uh, you know, it's just uh, my heart goes out to them. You know, they're just yeah. they're just not good enough to hang in CUSA. I get it. I think that about wraps it up for this what, predicament pod. I, I, there's still got to be a better name. It doesn't really work. Yeah, but you know, we're we're here. We're potting. It's a thing. This episode's a very a lot special episode. Yeah, of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As <laughs> always, you can follow us on Twitter at GOTECHPLSDNTDIE. There's a blog doesn't really matter anymore nothing's going to be up there for this uh the store is still there we'll talk about that next week as well uh so i won't even shout that out now i'll go straight to the end until next time you don't get to know about the store yeah there's a store (laughs) listen to another episode to figure out what the address is uh until next time i'm nathan i'm evan and go tech please don't die fuck yeah walker birchfield